Welcome to the Daily Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Tillum. I want to help you by teaching you simple daily habits with large benefits, educate you about chronic medical conditions without heavy, meaningless medical language, and help you to get the most out of your every encounter with your primary care physician. The Daily Doc Podcast, making you healthier and wealthier day by day and helping you to dodge the hospital. Let's get started. You may be surprised to hear that as of 2020, approximately 50% of hospitalized patients are considered obese. This half of the population often suffers worse outcomes and more hospital visits overall year over year. Let me start by saying I evaluated a number of scientific journals and articles in order to appropriately address the weighty topic of obesity and also to pull together some of the most successful weight loss strategies. I significantly distilled them for your consumption. Obesity is a pandemic on near equal proportions with the COVID-19 pandemic. Worldwide, obesity is considered among the top five causes of early mortality or death. This problem has grown in scope and scale across the planet at an alarming rate. Notably, in America, we're seeing significant cost and health risks accumulating yearly. So where do you stand on the spectrum of safe weights? And how do you answer this question appropriately? Remember, I encourage everyone to track their daily weight. This is part of my five-minute morning routine, after all. You can use this data point to your personal gain, too. We can use it to calculate your body mass index. This useful tool has been made easy through online calculators requiring only your height, your weight, and gender to calculate this important health metric. Obesity itself in the medical field has been broken down into categories. Let me talk you through them so you can find out where you sit on the spectrum. A BMI of 18 to 24 is considered a healthy body mass. 25 to 29 is considered overweight. At a BMI of 30 to 34.9%, you are officially obese. Beyond obese, we've had to expand the chart as waistlines have grown. At 35%, you are considered morbidly obese. In some countries, this was renamed deathly obese. The health risks accumulate with every pound. So how do we actually get a good measure of our BMI. Weight tracking for health and weight loss is done in a very particular way. Recall, you can lose or gain up to three pounds in a single day from water weight. This can be extremely discouraging to people attempting to lose weight. When you weigh yourself daily, try to record that number without taking it to heart. These numbers will be averaged at the end of the week. You use this average number to track your overall weight loss progress. It's unlikely that you will change your weight by three pounds in three or four days. It can take an entire week to make this happen. Think about it this way. Pounds come off one week at a time. So use your weekly weight to calculate that BMI and hold yourself accountable for the changes. Let's take a small break here before we discuss the most successful strategies for weight loss.
Did you know John Brower Minock, September 28, 1941 through September 10, 1983, was an American man who, at his peak weight, was the heaviest human ever recorded? He weighed in at 1,400 pounds and 6 foot 1 inch tall. That makes his BMI an astonishing 184.7. Unfortunately, it's no surprise to me that he lived only a short 42 years. Welcome back to our discussion on obesity and weight loss. In this half of the episode, I plan to talk about studied methods of weight management. First, things you can do at home without a doctor's involvement. And second, the medications that have found recent success in the battle against obesity. I do plan to speak about bariatric surgery, its indications, and the reality of its application in another podcast. The biggest recommendations for actions you can do yourself without a physician's involvement are dietary tracking, caloric restriction, and mindful eating. You may have heard these discussed before, but there is a growing field of research to back up all three of these things. First, dietary tracking. Dietary tracking with free cell phone apps like MyFitnessPal or Noom has become the subject of an incredibly large and growing community of researchers. Data varies in quality, but a number of large meta-analyses, which are studies that evaluate many other studies, report that consistent three times daily use of a dietary tracker, even without intentionally restricting one's diet, can result in sustainable weight loss. Why might this work? Making the act of eating a mindful process the mechanical made thoughtful strongly encourages people to make good choices. Compliance, or sticking to the tracking process, was the number one deciding factor in how much weight was lost and how long it stayed off. I have personally tried diet tracking. I have failed numerous times. The trick is to never fail more than one time in a row. If you miss tracking a meal, that's not a big deal. When you miss two in a row, you are building a pattern of non-compliance. You might have missed what I said before, but tracking alone without intentionally changing your diet can result in weight loss. Remember, some apps like this are free on app stores, even on your cell phone as you listen to this. If you don't have a smartphone, you can even use a pen and paper to similar effect. I saw better personal outcomes when I also reviewed my intake weekly, keeping myself honest and looking at the choices I made week over week made good choices easier and easier. So how else can you supercharge your weight loss safely? Look at your normal diet after tracking it, and then intentionally reduce your caloric intake by 10%. Calories are the measure of energy inside the food we eat, and they are published on the nutritional facts on the side of everything that we consume. So if you keep track of your calories, you can easily reduce the number you bring in every single month if you want to. But remember, weight loss is a marathon. It took years of time to generate fat, 
and it won't be dealt with in a short period of time. But if you wish to live longer and healthier, it must be done. I often encourage patients to begin their meals by consuming a full 8-ounce glass of water. This fills the stomach to some degree and can trick the brain into feeling fuller with fewer calories. Additionally, and with a fair dose of irony, I recommend eating a green or red apple at the beginning of each and every day. This is an incredibly healthy way to start the morning. Hydrating and hunger reducing all while being incredibly easy to find, transport, and even eat while driving to work. Apples are underappreciated. I'll be honest, America has been incredibly unfair when it comes to managing the expectations of exercise and its result in weight loss. Exercise in the gym as part of a team or as part of your daily activity is critical to health in a number of ways, but it is the smallest part of the weight loss journey. To be totally honest, you can never outrun your fork, meaning that no amount of exercise or single pill can make up for a poor quality diet. Let's look at the math. A 200-pound person walking one mile burns 106 calories. That is noticeably fewer than the 140 calories found in a single can of regular soda. It does match up pretty well with the calories found in a medium-sized banana, however, at 104. But I have never seen a banana appropriately labeled as medium. So that's the truth about what an individual motivated person can do to change their weight. And frankly, if you stopped here, applied these things diligently, and remained focused on healthy eating, most people could lose as much weight as they hope to. Let's take a break here so I can share an interesting and particularly topical fact. Welcome back. Let's talk about the incredibly varied toolkit that medicine has for helping people conquer their difficulties with obesity. All of these medications require patients to take an active role in their weight loss journey with caloric restriction, diet tracking, and exercise. The vast majority of them also require you to have comorbid conditions. These are problems that significantly threaten your health and are related to obesity, including high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and sleep apnea, amongst many others. Let's start with the lowest end of the medicines available, oral medications. I plan to talk about two of them, although there are a growing number of these available on the market. Oralstat is indicated for use in patients with a body mass index of at least 30 or in patients with notable comorbid conditions and a body mass index of greater than 27. It functions by preventing absorption of fats in the small intestine. When compared to placebo, which means when compared to taking a sugar pill, Oralstat caused significant reduction in weight, body mass index, waist circumference, cholesterol, and LDL, which is the dangerous form of fat in the blood. In the Oralstat group, however, there were notable gastrointestinal, meaning stomach, side effects, which included loose stools, oily stools with spotting, abdominal pain, 
and fecal urgency, which means rushing to the bathroom. These sound pretty bad to me. Phentermine is the other oral agent, which acts as an appetite suppressant and shares a similar chemical structure to amphetamines. In medicine, we use amphetamines for the treatment of symptoms like ADHD, and unfortunately on the street, people take methamphetamine, which causes weight loss as well, but is very dangerous to your heart, lungs, and the rest of your body. The use of phentermine tablets alone resulted in significant weight loss when compared with placebo treatment. Phentermine is labeled for the management of obesity as a short-term additive tool to calorie reduction and exercise. The most common adverse effects of phentermine include headache, insomnia, nervousness, and irritability. Palpitations, which is the sensation of feeling your heartbeat in your chest, elevated heart rate, and elevations in blood pressure also occurred in the treatment groups. Phentermine has had a pretty hard time staying on the market in America as it carries these significant cardiovascular risks, so it's often unavailable. Next, let's look at the newest kid on the block, the injection medication Ozempic, or its double Wegovy. Ozempic found its original use as part of diabetes management, but studies found that patients undergoing treatment for their diabetes also happened to lose about 5% of their body weight. It didn't take long for interested drug companies to develop this medication into a tool for weight loss. It functions by modulating hormones in your brain and limiting your sensation of hunger, reducing your overall caloric consumption. This medication has a pretty well-known side effect profile, which includes low blood sugar, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and abdominal pain. You may have seen this medication listed in local news as it has recently become a national phenomenon, leading to actual shortages for the management of diabetes. I strongly encourage you to communicate openly with your physician, as no one should obtain or use this medication your personal doctor's involvement. Weight loss is a tremendously involved topic. The medications and treatments continue to evolve day after day. I think that I'll refrain from continuing to discuss bariatric surgery until I can write an episode for it alone. Bariatric surgery, or weight loss surgery, represents a life-altering decision And although the data for it in both obesity and diabetes has become increasingly positive, it represents an incredibly invasive and life-altering intervention. I can't wait to share my thoughts and the data with you about it and maybe even have an interview with a patient who's undergone bariatric surgery in the past. Well, that's it, everybody. That's the best up-to-date information I can give you about your journey and weight loss. Thanks for listening to the Daily Doc Podcast. I hope that you can take the information you've learned this episode and approach your own weight loss journey with new vigor. If you have many health problems, reach out to your doctor and ask them how they can help you to best approach your weight loss goals. One final warning. Weight loss shows on television where people are losing 20 pounds in a week, are not only misleading, but also actively harmful to your real weight loss journey. Celebrate your losses, even the small ones.
Remember, you can only be really successful by creating a lifestyle change. String together weeks and weeks of small victories until the effort that you put into them disappears and they become the way that you live your normal life. Then and only then will you really meet your weight loss and fitness goals. Good luck. I want to share an important thought with you at the end of each episode. You are an educated and newly informed consumer of healthcare. You are becoming an organized complainer, which will allow you to maximize your value in your primary care physician visits. This podcast is not intended to replace or challenge the efforts of your primary care physician. I want you to use all of your knowledge to squeeze all of the value you can from that critical relationship. All medical decisions should be discussed with your PCP, and I even encourage them to listen to the podcast. Remember, that physician has committed their life and efforts to preventing patients from needing the hospital in the future. They are a trusted resource, and I couldn't be more thankful to my amazing colleagues. This podcast was brought to you through the power of Anchor Podcast app, empowering everyone to share their knowledge through podcasting. Please find more episodes of Daily Doc Podcast on all major listening apps, including Apple, Overcasts, and of course, Spotify. Please like and rate the show.